Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could turn with me, we're going to be 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, we're going to look at here this afternoon. The title of the message is, The Heat is On. Last week, as I prayed, I believe the Lord was showing me, you know, to talk about the hope that we have that's in Him, and we're to put our hope in Him. And, and as I was kind of pondering and, and praying, I really felt the Lord made it clear to talk about the trying times that we are going through, and the heat is on. And it was very clear to me. The message just came, the heat is on. And I find everybody that's in my life that's around me the heat's on with them. They're going through trials. They're going through difficulties. They're going through some trying times. And, and I believe the reason why we're going through these trying times is that the Lord is purifying his bride. He, he's purifying us because I believe he's coming very soon to take us to be with him. And he's preparing us for heaven. When I was on track or in football in, in school, I actually loved football and track, but we would go to practice before the games. We would, you know, spend much time practicing and getting ready for the game. And, and uh, that was just part of what we did. And if we didn't practice, then it, it was noticeable in our game. It's kind of like here on earth. We're, we're going through a practice time. It, we're going through a trying time. We're going through a testing time. God is, is preparing us for heaven. And we have a choice, listen, as believers to be in the game or out of the game. That's up to us. He's not going to force you to be in the game. But guaranteed, when you step up to the plate, when you step up to be in this game, there's a battle that's taking place. 2020, I'd say probably the most intense year that I've ever gone through in ministry. But I can say it's also the best year that I've ever been in ministry. Watching God work, watching the hand of the Lord. There's a, there's a testing that's going on in our state. There's a testing that's going on in our country. There's a testing that's going on in the world. And there's a testing that's going on in the body of Christ. There's a testing that's going on in the family. I'm hearing stories of families dividing like never before and, and people just at odds with one another. There is a huge testing. The heat is on. The heat is up. We're all going through this test, and we're going to talk about the test that we're going through. Why were we going through tests? What is this all for? I don't like tests, to tell you the truth. I never liked them in school. I, I really didn't like the pop quizzes when we'd have those. I was more of a person that would prepare for a test. Pop quizzes, forget it. It's like, you might as well just put an F on the page. Just put an F and just, you know, I think I might have even done that in school once. Just put an F, hand it in. Because I'm like, I'm not prepared. I don't know. It's not like I lock all this stuff in. I put it in a temporary basis for, for test and that's it. And then I just kind of delete it. I don't memorize stuff unless I need it. And I, that's just how I operate. If I believe it's important, I do my best to put it, leave it in there. But if it's not important, I don't. So pop quizzes. But guys, we are going through a test like I've never seen in all my life, and I don't know about you, but I know for me, I want to pass the tests. I want to walk through this life so when I step into the next life, I want to hear those words from my Lord and my Savior. You see, you won't be standing there with me. I'm going to be standing all alone before my Lord, and I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. 
I've never been through so many tests. I haven't never been through the intensity of, of the things that I've gone through these last several months that I'm going through. But in some ways, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't trade it for anything because I believe the Lord is preparing me for heaven. He's preparing you for heaven. So with that being said, can you please stand with me? And I'm going to read these two verses out of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at two verses, verses 6 and 7. I'll go ahead and read it. The apostle Peter writes, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Lord, again, we just pray over these two verses. Please speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of you know the apostle Peter that wrote this letter. He wrote it to believers, primarily to believers that were Jewish at one point, or still Jewish, but they've accepted Jesus as their Messiah. They became believers in Jesus Christ, and they had to leave their hometown. They had to leave Israel. And they fled to Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and they were going through trials. They were going through difficult times. They left their homeland. They left their, some of them left family and friends, left property behind, left occupations sometimes behind. And so they're going through difficult times. So the letter here is to encourage them, to instruct them in the trials that they're going through. So it's a good letter for those that are going through trials. But I want to look back at verse six again. And it says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various Trials. We haven't been going through any trials, have we? Sure we have. But what is this greatly rejoice? That means we're to have great joy. In context, it's not saying that we're to rejoice in this particular uh, verse in our trials, but it says in this you greatly rejoice. So in order to know what we're to greatly rejoice in, we need to look back at verses three to five to understand in context. And basically our rejoicing is the fact that we are going to heaven and we are kept by the power of God and we have such a great salvation because of Jesus Christ. And because of that, it's saying greatly rejoice. And what I believe what the Apostle Peter was trying to communicate to those that are going through difficult times is don't look at your circumstances. Look at the fact you're saved. You're going to heaven. Keep keep that eternal mindset. And I, I believe it's so important that we keep that eternal mindset, that we keep our mind on the things that are of eternity. We were begotten by a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the word begotten means we've been born anew. We've been born again to what? A living hope. We're We're saved through the resurrection of Jesus. We have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So we've got a great inheritance that we're going to step into. I've heard different people, they, they, a family member passes away and they have this great inheritance given to them. And I'm like, you know, a little envious, like, I've never had that happen to me. <laughs> and then I thought through this whole thing, this inheritance. You know, if, if one of us would get a letter in the mail, from an attorney's office, and in the letter it says, your great uncle so-and-so passed away, and, and he really, you know, was fond of you and all this, and then he left you his estate, and he left you uh, his net worth, which is $100 billion, and all you need to do is come down to my office and sign the paperwork, and you can, it's, you know, all of that will be, you know, turned over to you. I think we would go real fast and go get our inheritance, 
But do you know the inheritance we have in Christ, in heaven, is far greater than $100 billion? We've got a great inheritance. We're going to be in his glory, in his presence forever. The Bible says we do not, listen, we do not know what we're going to be like, but we're going to be like him, like Jesus. That's part of our inheritance. We're going to, you know, that we're going to be like Jesus. We're going to be in his presence. We, you know, I, I read about in the book of Acts, Jesus would sometimes just, they'd be in, in, behind closed doors. The doors were locked and Jesus would just show up and say, hey guys, that's going to be kind of cool. They try to, you know, if, if we can be like Jesus in that way, we're just going to be able to just appear places and stuff like that. I mean, that's pretty awesome. We're going to be like him. We're going to be with him. We've got a great inheritance. So the, the exhortation for us today is, is we're going to go through trials as they went through trials. I, I wish I could stand up here and say, you know, lie to you. Just lie right out of my teeth and tell everybody, it's going to get better. It's going to be great. 2021, it's going to be, this is a whole new year with a whole new just soul. It's going to be wonderful. 2020 is finally behind us. I wish I could say that. I don't believe that. I believe we're going to have more trials, but I believe that the Lord is coming very soon. And my exhortation, I believe, through the word of God and for us today is keep your mind on eternal things. Keep your mind on heavenly things. Realize that this is not our home. Do not put stock in this place because we're only visiting this planet. Amen. And we're to greatly rejoice. We're to greatly rejoice in that and have great joy. I love the joy of the Lord that's my strength. Isn't it great that you can have joy in the midst of troubles? I almost feel guilty that I... You know, there's different things in ministry because we, you know, as the church grows in different ministries and we, there's always something in this ministry and that ministry and this is going on and that's going on and over here and this one over here and this one over there and all these different things are going on. And, and so it's just, it's interesting, but I find myself in this craziest thing, the more intense that it gets, the more that I, God just gives me just great joy and I almost feel terrible about it. The other, not too long ago, my wife and I, we were going through something. It was like severely intense and all this stuff's going on. And then just something, a part of the, 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 the battle that we were going through, something just struck a chord in me. I'm literally, I just started laughing. I was laughing so hard. I got tears in my eyes. She's got tears in her eyes. We're like this. But what it is, is we know that God's going to work it out. And it's not like we, we punch out, we don't take care of the responsibilities, we don't, yeah, we do all that, we take care of things, we follow up with things, we go, we go through it, we go through the trials, but, but in the midst of it, when we have an eternal mindset, you can have great joy no matter what you're going through, and that, this text is telling us, in this we have great joy, what? Not in our trials that we're having the great joy, we have great joy in the fact that we're going to heaven, God's on, this, on our side, and, and literally, when that happened to us, it was right after we prayed, because before we prayed, it was we were in the circumstances. We're like, oh, da, da, this, and da, 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 this, and then we're you know, thinking about then, and we're in the circumstances, and then it was just like, oh, man, it's almost like, I, almost in the spiritual realm, there's just like this dark cloud ready to just hover over top of us. You're like, here it comes. And then we prayed, it's like, the cloud is absolutely gone. Not only the cloud's gone, there's just the joy of the Lord is just in our midst. And, and I believe that's what God wants us to do no matter what we go through. Just have joy in the Lord. I love what Tozer said, and I've, last year, the Lord used this in my life, and I just want to repeat it, because A.W. Tozer said, a scared world needs a fearless church. I love that quote, I love that quote, I love that quote, because as the church of the living God, we do not have to fear anything, nothing. God's past faithfulness demands our present trust. 
God's past faithfulness demands our present trust. So we need to trust him and we don't have to have fear. And listen, the world is filled with fear. Have you noticed that lately, how fearful this world is? Do you see it on people's faces? Everywhere you go, they're like, I went to a, a fast food place. It's a new place that opened up near our, I don't even remember, the, it's like a Mediterranean place. It's really good. It opened up on, near Five Point Center over there. It's really good. I walked in. I, for, I literally, because somebody drove me up there, I didn't have a mask. So I'm walking. I'm like, oh, no, I forgot my mask. And people are just panicking. They're like, they're like all backing up. Like I got the, boop, the, the plague or something. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. And everyone is, and I'm, oh, and I'm like trying to cover my nose. And someone rushed in the back. And they're, you know, they're saving the day. They got the box. They're running out the box to me like this. And it's like, sir, sir, sir. Sir, and I'm like, thank you. I totally forgot my, th- this is, thank, oh, th- you saved my life. And I was like, I mean, seriously, it was like that. It was just so, like, everybody was panicking. I'm like, really? And sometimes, have you ever do this? Have you ever done this at all? Are you thinking, am I in a bad dream and I just didn't wake up yet? Is this really the world I'm living in right now? We're to be fearless. We don't have to fear anything. What did someone once say, if you really truly fear God, you don't have to fear anything or anybody. And that's absolutely true. If you have a true reverence for the Lord, you truly fear him and you reverence him, you don't have to fear anybody else, anything else, nothing else do you have to fear or worry about. Why? Because you're not pleasing man, you're pleasing God. And this world is looking for that. I don't know how often after mostly first service people stop and just say, you know, thank you, Pastor, for being up. Thank you for being so bold. I'm like, being bold? I'm just following the Bible. I don't, you don't know how many people are starting to come to this church that they, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday we hear it. Oh, Pastor, our church is closed. Uh, thank you for opening up your doors. This is my new church. I'm like, this, thank you. You know, pray for that pastor that he opens those doors. Thank you, God, that he's given us this open door of opportunity to not be a state-run church. And his protection, thank you, God. I, I'm just I'm blown away. Friends of mine, you know, I'm getting, I'm on a text feed with different pastors. I mean, one's up, I think he's over like a million dollars now. He's being fined like a million dollars from the, from, you know, up in Northern California. It's like, what? And he's not fearful because he knows God's in control. We can rejoice in our trials, guys. 92, I think it was Wearsby. I read this years ago in a a commentary with Wearsby. He says, 92% of the things we worry about never come to pass. And then I think, well, 8% of the things do come to pass then. That's, you know, that's a... (laughs) But those are pretty good odds. When I heard that, I remember it was very freeing for me because I'm thinking, I don't want to spend one second worrying about things because one second worried about something is a waste of one second. We're to rejoice in the midst of our trials, no matter what comes our way. We're to rejoice because we have a great salvation, guys. We're saved. We're going to heaven. Joy is so powerful. I love what it talks, what it says about the Proverbs 31 woman. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. She what? Rejoice. She shall what? Rejoice in time to come. Or I love this translation. There's even another translation. I didn't get this one. But it says, she laughs at her future. That's a great translation. She laughs at the days to come. Or she laughs at her future. Why? Because she knows God's in control. To have that stability is such a powerful thing. To, To have that ability to say, you know what, God, you've got this. Remember what David said after he fell with Bathsheba and he messed up and He was confronted by his friend Nathan, the prophet, and finally there's repentance. Remember what he wrote in Psalm 51? He penned this after he repented. He said, Lord, restore to me the what? The joy of your salvation. There's joy in salvation when we realize 
what God has done for us. Don't let anything take that away from you. The heat's on, but don't lose that joy of your salvation. No matter how hot it gets, no matter what trial comes your way, do not lose that joy of your salvation. Back in our text. So in this, you greatly rejoice, though for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved with various trials. I love this. If you're a note taker, trials are typically only for a short time. Various, or a little while. The word little while is a season or a short time. Typically, when we go through a trial, God allows it to be only so long to help us, to try us. It's not typically a long thing. And it, it's good to remember that as you're going through trials. Someone once said, I don't know who said this, he said, when God is refining us, he keeps his eye on the clock and his hand on the thermostat. And that's our God. There's an expiration date on our trial. Not typically long. I, I don't like long trials. I, I prefer when they're short and, and God uses it. And he uses it in a way that's it's helpful. But I like that, that it's a short time. Talking about the short time, and it's also a season. And so, you know, we go through seasons of trials. And as I was thinking through that, I was thinking in Michigan, I, I, I never liked the winter season. I never did. As a kid growing up, I loved it. I loved, you know, snowballs, making snowmen and playing in the snow. But once I became an adult, I, I didn't like scraping the windows. I didn't like having to get up in the morning, shovel my snow before going to work, let the car run because the ice was so thick on the windshield. You have to wait a half hour for the, the car to heat up. And it, I never got used to that. I just like, when God delivered me out of Michigan, I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but there was a gentleman named Norm I used to work with. I, just a great guy. And he felt the same way. He wasn't a winter person either. And he would literally tell you, no matter what day it was, you could say, you can call him up. I can call him right now. Call him up. Norm, um, you know, in the wintertime, you say, Norm, how much time do we have till spring? And he would say, well, 21 days and uh, 14 hours and 39. He'd look at his watch, 39 minutes and 10 seconds. I mean, he could literally give you the time. And in a weird way, when, you, when I was working with him, because I'd see him every day, it helped me get through the winter. I was like, okay, how many days? Okay, 19 days. I can go 19 days. And I believe the same thing. When we go through various trials to realize this too is going to pass. God allows the trial, but it's going to pass. There's an expiration date on that trial. But please don't ever forget that trial is for you, to develop you. When I said I don't like taking tests, you know what I hate even worse in the spiritual realm? Taking the test over. And you know what I'm talking about? When you don't pass that test, you're going to have to take it over. And you're going to have to take it over. God's not going to give up. And I see people, they're like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And God's like, wait a second, you got to pass this test here before I let you go there. Interesting word, various trials. The word means multicolored or various sorts of trials. In ministry, I see people going through all kinds of trials with businesses being shut down, jobs being lost, marital problems. I told my wife, if you ever leave me, I'm going with you. I mean, that's just it. I mean, I'm... <laughs> you know, it's just it's that simple. You walk out, I'm going with you. That's all, you know, it's just... But seriously, there's various trials we go through. And becoming a Christian does not make us exempt from those trials. We're going to go through 
through different trials. A while back, just a few days ago or so, we, were, we stopped at, my wife and I, at Waba Grill. We were in the middle of doing something. We stopped quickly, and so she went in to order. She brought the order out. I was on the phone, you know, making phone calls and all, and when she came back, I noticed that the order was wrong. They, they didn't give us the right order, and so... You know, she went back in, and then she came right back out. I says, oh, do they fix it? She says, no, it's, it's going to take too long. And, and she says, but the guy's just so rude there. And I go, what do you mean? She says, I don't even know why. She says, right from the get-go, he's just rude to me. And then, then I, you know, told him that, you, you know, you got the order wrong, and then he's arguing with me, saying that I gave him the order wrong. I'm like, I didn't give you the order wrong. And she says, we went back and forth. She goes, I, didn't, I don't even know why. She says, he's just so rude. And then we're like, yeah, that's weird. That's, you know, customer service is terrible lately, how people have been lately, and it's just really bad. But then we noticed she's wearing her Trump hat, and we thought, <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> That's probably it. (laughs) And it's a shame that it has to be that way. And shame on you if somebody's wearing a a Biden hat, which I don't see very often, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I really haven't. I've never seen a Biden hat. but, But shame on us if we treat somebody different because of their affiliation. That should give us an opportunity to share with them because the Democratic Party, they, they don't stand for life, which is a shame. They're okay with killing babies. Do you know 42 million babies were killed in 2020 around the world? 40, over 42 million, yes, 42 million. Million in this world. Check the stats. Just came out. We're going to see a video regarding another country that just legalized abortion. Different sorts of trials. We're going we're gonna to go through them. As I was going through this, I, I was thinking about Amanda and, and her leadership, and I've been blessed to see as she's in leadership with the Agape group because her dad just passed away and went to be with the Lord, and just, just watching with that trial, then she has all these other things that are going on and different things that are happening, and and I, firsthand, my wife and I were able to see that and just watching her as a leader blossoming in her leadership. And that's what we're called to do. As the trials come, we don't handle it in the flesh. We handle them in the spirit. We do our best. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to care. We, we have an ugly flesh to deal with. But when we mess up, we repent and we turn and we say, God, forgive me as these trials are taking place. But I just, as I've been thinking through this, just like, wow, there's times I, you know, I had to call her on a few things, my wife and I, to, you know, things that are going on in the fellowship or whatever. And it's like, it's like, oh, her daddy just passed away and it's not a good time. And, but, it's, it's, but it was just the Lord and the Lord's timing. And it's like, well, and just to see that. And it's a, it's a blessing to see but as I think through this whole thing with trials, I remember the first time I heard this was through Pastor Chuck Smith. He says, as we go through trials, uh, we have a choice. We're either going to get bitter or we're going to get better. And we all have a choice. And I've seen all these years in ministry, I see people, when they're, during the trials, they get bitter. But then I see people get better. And the difference is only one letter, it's an I. And I notice when we go through trials, when, when, when you... Have your eyes on self. I call it the, the, the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. You can get bitter. God wants us to get better. Listen, I pray and make this as clear as I can. God is preparing all of us for heaven, guys. 
The trials aren't going to go away. They may get more intense. And God wants to use you. But he can't, listen, he cannot use you if you're holding on to things that are not of him. The childish things of this world. Is this the year for you to finally say, God, take it from me? Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.